Alright folks, how's it going? It's the 28th of February 2021. You alright? You having a good weekend? I imagine, I hope you are. I do hope you are. And what I'll say is this. A handmade chicken wrap, a hand finished chicken wrap, right? What is that? What is genuinely, what is that? There's the there's this new marketing ter- terms I'm seeing on food at the minute. The other the other weekend, right? I'll tell you the concept. The other weekend we were up in Peckham, right? And we were having a wander going to the the, the uh, Camberwell Old Cemetery. Interesting cemetery, never been before. It's actually not in Camberwell either, but I imagine that there's been a boundary chain change uh, at some point. Because it's actually nearer to Peckham Rye. It's actually next door to Peckham Rye, just a bit further up, about 15 minute walk away from the Rye itself. Now, it's an interesting grave area. What is that? Cemetery, sorry, not grave area. <laughs> um, and some of, the, some of the shrines are unreal. There was, there was basically, there was a shrine dedicated to this Irish lady. Um, and a Shit, you're not right. The size of it looked like a one bed studio, it was the size of a one bed. Like, I don't know how much they paid for that, but basically, you had the the person's the, the I think clearly it was the mum of this big family, and she was just big shrine in the center. And then everyone who knew her all bought an individual gravestone to surround it, and it was unbelievable. And then next to it, they've got like a marble bench you can sit on and just chill. and uh, there was actually a guy at another uh, grave who was sat on a very similar bench having a fag and just uh, having a chat to some other people who were at another uh, grave area, uh, gravestone even, and uh, they were sat on their own bespoke bench made out, it looked like it was made out of either granite or marble. Unbelievable. Would have cost them thousands. It was quite nice. It was just chat, uh, having a chin wagon. He had his uh, 10 Richmond Super Kings, I imagine, just biffing away. Um, but it was a very, uh, yeah, clearly, um, it's a very well-kept cemetery. Uh, well, I say that, there was a lot of uh, statues and that just smashed to pieces from the older, like the older graves from, I imagine, early 19th century, late 18th century, just, just, just left, essentially. You know, just obviously, no one was really tending to it. And it like, any, like any cemetery has that kind of thing. But anyway, going back to... Uh, the way sandwiches are described uh, with marketing speeds. Having walked past that cemetery, right, we went past and I was really hungry. We wanted to get a pizza, a slice of pizza, just uh, just something to do, you know, just have a bit of lunch. And we went into um, Tesco's and there was a clearance. They had some clearance sandwiches, but actually they weren't very cleared. It was like a 20p difference. There wasn't much clearance on them. 20p, 20p. I, I didn't actually look. It was the colour, the yellow sticker that just drew me, thinking I was uh, getting a bargain here. It just didn't co- occur to me that there was. Re- I wasn't really making, uh, getting much of a deal from it. But the sandwich, it was a uh, bacon and chicken sandwich uh, wrap. But it was, it was the way they described it. Uh, after I'd, after I was started, eat, when I started eating, I just examined the box properly to actually look at what they had written and uh, it basically what did they called it hand finished these wraps were hands hand finished um what does that actually mean 
because what to me how are you how is that appealing to me that this is a hand finished wrap what you rolled it up you put the ingredient like were they uh, did the machine put the ingredients on the conveyor belt you just roll it up that's not that's that is just such it's such bullshit the way you've explained that on the box i couldn't believe it i was actually really angry because yeah it might be in hand wraps but they've probably taken out half the stuff in that wrap because it was so flat there was it was so snide i had never seen anything like it it was i was so uh unimpressed and underwhelmed by this sandwich uh, I was actually quite angry at the time. I, I voiced my concerns and astonishment to Jen, uh, who in turn just didn't want to know and just thought I was overreacting. And I probably was. But, you know, what? just calling that sandwich a hand-wrapped sandwich was complete bullshit. And it was all like the filling was sat at the t- It's like it's standard. It is, this is standard, I know. But it was like... Um, uh, all the little bit of the filling was at the top, and when you held it, it was just there was no filling at the bottom. It was just flat, and that was two pound forty, two pound forty. Like it just uh, down from two sixty came out. It had, you know, I didn't see the it wasn't a clearance at all. It was a twenty p discount, um, and I was just yeah, I was just really upset about that uh, as I was eating that. But um, yeah, overall, it was a nice trip to the cemetery. But you know. There's a lot of those kind of things where someone said something's like hand finished or, uh, you know, the word artisan is thrown away, thrown about so much um, that people just love it. They absolutely love it. People just fall over themselves when they see stuff like artisan water, artisan bread. You know, is it artisan? Probably not. I mean, how do you get artisan water? Tell me that. How do you get that? You can't. What? Well, it's it's just that uh, Del Boy spring water, isn't it? That's all it is. I can't imagine... You can actually get artisan water. Is an artisan where it's um, uh, made from scratch or something? It's got like a it, there's, there's a really strong human element to creating that. You know, it's it just makes no sense to me. Like if you said, "Oh, the past is artisanal," I think that's the term you use. Then okay, I believe you. You know, you might have made the pasta from scratch because you can. But how the fuck? In all you know, in all that is holy. Can you make artisanal water? Um, you can't. And, you know, this is, this is the, we're in a new age of marketing speak, aren't we? Just to, just to get those products off the shelf. Um, you know, something's handpicked, this is handmade. This is, you, you've basically, what you're telling me essentially, if, if you've told me, if, if you're pushing um, a hand-finished sandwich, you know, you work, that's what people at Subway do. You know, it's prepared by hand. But like, you know, a handmade, a hand-finished sandwich is a guy just stood there on a conveyor belt, I imagine, and just he just folds it. And in in this case, in my in in the sandwich that I had, he also took food out. So he hand-picked my food out, and then he rolled it with a hand finish. That was it was complete bullshit, and I was I just couldn't get over that. Um, I did have to get over it at some point because Jen really told me to get over it. Um, as I was raising my concerns on that day uh, and I got over it fine we're done but I just you know it, it just goes back to well my job has a lot of marketing speak you know I work I'm working for uh, a big tech company and they just talk to me as if I understand what they're talking about and I just sit there and I have no clue and I look at I, I look at the reaction of my uh, 
one of my uh, members of the team who I work with very closely and just watch her reaction to all of what's being told to her because none of us have a clue. And I think she actually looks to me for all the answers. And I've, I've just got to that point where I'm happy to just to sound thick as bricks to ask ask this client, you know, what the fuck are you talking about? Because I, no one knows what you want. Um, and you just give me all these acronyms. You know, you just assume these people know. They don't know. You know, in order to for people to understand what you're you're pushing to them, just speak in simple terms. You know, you don't have to just just say it's this is what it is. This is you know, this is what our product does, and it's very simple. Just explain it to you. Stop giving me acronyms. Stop trying to throw in jargon that no one understands. Stop trying to sound smarter than you actually are, because uh, you're not. And we're not. No one, you know, no, no one in my industry knows what they're talking. about. They're just winging it. Like all these processes and uh, ways of working and stuff. It's just they're just fudging it. How do I know? Because I have to do that half the time anyway to get the job done. You know. Um, but um, yeah. I mean, uh, speaking of work, you know, we're gonna ch- the way the the way the world is changing, the way things are. Uh, the way that we've worked for the last year and a half, we've proved that we don't need an office, and yet now there's all this talk of people going back to the office uh, by June and stuff. Are you actually, are you genuinely going to do that for five days? You're not, are you? Um, no company in their right mind would would want to would want to turn around and say, oh, do you know what I really miss? Paying uh, and getting extorted for commercial rent. I've always, I've missed that. I've missed paying 12 grand a month for a space. Uh, filled with people who could work from home and you know i've missed offering a season ticket loan to workers and putting them out of pocket even more you know it's um i just i i would be very sad to see us go back to a five-day office week two days max i think two days max is perfect that's what you want to do that's what we should be doing you know two days a week max in the office have a good time see people you know maybe every friday you go into town and have a beer in the evenings and that's fine and then the most of it you just sit you you uh work from home i imagine there's a lot of people who would like to be in the office full time but then that's on them you know but you know can you justify can a company justify paying extortionate uh rents to the landlords and I mean, if it was my company, I, I wouldn't bother because we've just proved, like, the world has proved that you can do a lot of this work from home. Um, and do you know what? There's a lot of embarrassing memories of working in an office like, that I tend, I'd like to forget. I remember, um, I remember when I first moved to London, like, my interpretation of what it meant to be part of a company was very much... Uh, when you're in a company, you've become part of this family unit of people who all strive to have the same thing, who all really care about each other, who all just want everyone to succeed, and you all work together. You're not siloed. You know, you're just, you're there, and everyone's just looking to help you. They'll stop by, and they want to chat to you and stuff. Um, I, uh, when I was at uni, I'd, I'd, I, uh, I got my student loan, and I used some of my student loan to uh, buy a camera. Now this camera was kind of a dot. I use. I guess it was a key to unlock access to other marketing digital agencies, whatever. Because what I would tend to do is email company owners and stuff, and uh, I would say, look, you know, I'm doing this uh, uni degree. Um, I'd I'd love to just swing by, ask some questions, and you know, maybe 
you know, can I just come by your office and work from study? Yeah, have your office as my desk essentially. And you know, nine times out of ten, people be like, yeah, sure, come come along, come along, and uh, I'd just pop over and have a chat with them all. And in return, I would either use you uh, use my time to give back by taking photos of their studio, their agency, you know, and give them all the photos so they could put put it onto their. Uh, about pages on the website or you know if I, if I couldn't bother doing that I would just get them at some point uh, during my during uni I just had this idea that uh, a way of saying thank you is sending donuts to people I don't know why um, but yeah that's what I did and it would cost me fortunes you know 12 pack of Krispy Kreme standards oh mate you're not you're talking like six seven quid and uh Oh, there were some moments where I was really struggling to pay that, but you know I managed to figure it out. Uh, and you know it's nice. And Twitter had just come about, and I joined Twitter and built my community through that, following people that I wanted to speak to and trying to find a way a, a way in, trying to get to chat to them. Um, and that's what I thought it was all about. That's what that was my introduction to uh, when it came to like what it was like to work at this place because everybody I knew at these agencies were so kind and polite and caring and would just sit down just want to know know what I'm up to and they would just help find out how they can help me um and uh I, I did do that um when I first moved to London I got a uh I I came here with no I came to London with no job this is actually nearly 10 years ago now like 2012 and I came to London with no job and went to an agency in in Shoreditch as you do and I knew one of the guys who had been a speaker uh, back in a, a man, an events, uh, a series of events back in Manchester. That's how I got to know him, and he ran an agency in London. Um, and I, I basically applied that method. I said, "Look, I'm looking for. I need to find a job. I don't know. Uh, I can't really. I just need to be amongst it to be motivating myself to do this." Yeah. Um, and I just said, "Can I just, uh, you know, I've got my laptop. Can I just apply for work at your using your Wi-Fi? And I'll just like do a bit of admin." Uh, you know, clean the dishes, and that's what. I'd, and they were like, "Yeah, let's do it." And so I was, I was sat at a desk speaking to people. People were looking at my CV, and um, I was washing dishes. I was picking up the mugs. Um, someone took, a, someone told me they've got a photo of me uh, with just sweat pouring down my face uh, while I was collecting all of these dishes and cups and just washing them in the sink uh, before I was told there was a dishwasher. And I'd, at that point. Um, my 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 t-shirt was just see-through at this point with just sweat because I was just running up all up and down the stairs collecting all the glasses and stuff, topping up all the, making sure all the beers were stacked in the fridge. Um, I was basically a studio assistant unofficially. Uh, is it is it is it? Um, it's certainly cheap labour for them, but you know I got I got good experience and um, I got my first job at this agency in uh, in Shepherd's Bush. And one thing that stuck out, one moment that I would love to erase from my memory is just my naivety of still thinking in my head this is how you know the, what I've been doing the, the politeness the kindness is just you know just everyone having that family vibe just is, is copy and pasted across every agency you'll go to in your career you know that it's just that chattiness and just like a very comforting thing and oh well, well, basically, what happened? I'll tell you this. So, I joined this company in Shepherd's Bush. Uh, it's like a marketing events company, and um, 
I was part of a digital team. I had the interview by a guy uh, who actually lives in Spain. He's a cobbler in Spain now. Nice guy called Joe. And um, he hired me uh, the same day that I went in for the job. And it was like a three-month contract. I couldn't believe it. What was it? It was, it was 1200 quid a month. Like the most money I've, had, I've ever seen in my life at this point. And um, I couldn't wait. And I was, this was at the point where I had lost a significant amount of weight from just doing a lot of walking uh, from uh, into town and at the weekends and stuff and just living on pasta bake um, because I could, and, and walking into town at the weekend because I couldn't afford the oyster tick uh, and like a full month's oyster, oyster card. I think it was an off peak, uh, it was an off peak only oyster card, I think. Anyway, uh, no, it was on peak. Yeah, it was on, but it didn't. It didn't include weekends. I couldn't afford to uh, pay the the monthly fee for that. But I'm not going to get into that bit. But basically, um, I got I got to the job, and um, I got to know the receptionist really well. We got talking and stuff, and I found uh, she would always be bringing milk and bread in uh, in the mornings and. I would always turn up quite early. Anyway, I would get to this office for around half past seven in the morning. I don't know why to this day that I did that, but I felt it was my, for some reason, I felt it was my duty to wake up uh, and be at that shop to help this person load up the bread and milk in for the rest of the day. And, and also, actually, I wanted to get first dibs on the peanut butter and jam because I learned, I'd learned about this whole thing about mixing peanut butter and jam in America. They call it peanut butter and jelly. And it was just unbelievable. I just, I just couldn't get enough of it. And plus, it was a free breakfast as well because I needed to save money. I didn't have money to a breakfast and stuff. And this was, this was amazing. I couldn't believe it. And uh, I got chatting to the HR team because I got to know them really, really well. And they all seemed really, really. They, all, they were all just super, super nice. And um, so this is what happened. So basically, I got chatting to them. And I found out there was one guy. He was he was a temp. Uh, he, he was basically a temp worker with his HR team. And something, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing what happened, but it's just fucking cringe. And I've never done it before. I've, I've not done it. I've not. I've, I've I've not done it ever since. I've just because it just it was just weird that I did that. But it was just how I. Again, this is how I interpreted the uh, the work culture of the, the digital the digital agency, the digital industry, and the tech sector, all that kind. Of. And um, this guy was it was on his last day. It was on his last day, and <laughs> I just got up and I said to the guy, I said, "Oh, you leave." I found out I found out he was leaving, and um, I said, "Oh yeah, so you know, you finish it. Is your last day today?" He said, oh yeah, yeah, it's um. Last day, it's been great. I've only been here for four or five months anyway. And I was like, okay, well, you know, best of luck with her for now. I wish you all the best. And uh, I just went in to hug him. And he just didn't know what to do. And he, so he just embraced me on this hug. And it was a long hug from all I remember. And then uh, I'm just, I, I, st- I was in the middle of this room with all these different teams around me, just hugging this guy I'd known for like less than three weeks. And no one else was hugging this guy. No one else went in to hug this guy. Just me. And I just thought that was fine. I thought it was fine. And it was just, it was weird. That's what it was. It was just weird. Um, 
I've never actually told anyone that. Uh, well, you guys, you know, the listeners here, first to know that. But I think that moment was a turning point in uh, my expectat my my what I imagined the workplace to be, and the reality of what it actually was, which was just people coming to work to get the job done and then off they pop. You know, I I just wasn't used to that. I was twenty two at the time when that cringe moment happened. But you know what? A lot of things have happened. A lot of things have changed um, in the workplace. A lot of the way we talk to each other, refer to each other, whole, uh, whole, whole just just the way the, the culture of work has hundred percent changed. Um, I was talking to a couple of people um, about this a few years ago about things that you would just never do again, and some of the stuff they were telling me was just it was. I mean, I, I hug this guy, it's fine. But some, there was some, you, you'd always hear about the things within uh, agencies, you know, some more seedy things, and that was just crazy. Um, things that people would just do unconsciously. Uh, and in, if you did that today, you'd just be, you'd be gone, you'd be out. Um, but that was just, the, that, was, that was the extreme side of stories that I'd heard. I mean... When I think about that, me just hugging this random guy, wishing him luck, that's fine. You know, I, I think everyone does that at some point. I hope everyone does has done that at some point. But I imagine those are people you've worked with for like five, six years. You've not just walked past them for three weeks or just every now and again chatted to them over a, a coffee or something like that in the kitchen. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, that, that, that just kind of stuck with me as just one of those moments where I just, ah, just kills me every time um but that's just I, I don't know where that came from in my life and um you know now i've been doing my job for nearly 10 years and uh oh, trying to find an exit into something different is uh quite a challenge i must say and, um, but yeah i'm just getting a bit complacent with everything but you just got to keep on i'm just uh, pushing forward you know what i love these um I've been having a chat with a lot of recruiters. I mean, I'm in a contract now, but my contract comes to an end in March. So, uh, you know, I'm making other conversations. And some of the things, like, this, this, uh, just when they're trying to tell you the job that they've got, they're trying to push you into more of the permanent role. And permanent, you know, I'm looking for the right one, but I still haven't found it. And uh, what... They're, the way they've sold it now is because they can't sell you the company benefit packages anymore. You know, every company, it's funny the way how they say, oh, this company has 25 days holiday, 30 days holiday. Well, yeah, because they're, they're supposed to by law. You know, I think the minimum is 25, isn't it? Don't tell me that's a perk. You're just telling me the legal uh, requirements. You know, you have to offer, uh, I believe, maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm not, I don't know employment law, so... You know, take it with a pinch of salt, but I'm pretty sure 25 days is like mandatory for a lot of big companies when they're hiring. So don't try and push that as a, a, a promotional reason for me to join you because you get that anywhere. I mean, I, I understand if they're trying to push it because I'm, you know, I'm freelance. I don't have uh, holidays and I don't have sick days, but, you know, I'm fine with that. That's fine. That's good. Um, but uh, this one. They, 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 these recruiters are so so desperate sometimes to just get you in that role. I've had many encounters in the last year or so where they would just say, well, initially, you know, this job is work from home. 
Um, but you will be required when things open up to travel in two to three days a week. And when you do, you know, you will get that. Uh, they will offer you that rail uh that annual rail card they will uh you know they'll have they have free coffee in the office they have a free bar at night and you're just thinking all right so when am i genuinely going to use those things at this point i don't think people are gonna i don't i just don't think people are gonna uh, open up their offices like they used to i think it's still going to be very heavily limited i think there's going to be uh, a cause to suppress uh company gatherings because actually it's in the company's favour. Like a company that I'm at now, nice company, but their Christmas party wasn't. Uh, they just all got delivery vouchers and some beer vouchers. That it's, it's that's such a cost-cutting exercise, isn't it? It's so easy now, just to do that because you must. These companies must have saved in thousands on actual uh, venue booking and not having to supply food in that uh, like big. Uh, budgets for food and drink for their entire workforce they can just send them like an e-voucher of delivery and then you'd be on your way in it um, i imagine a lot of people have done that um and he wants to be on a zoom call uh past six o'clock do you know what i mean this is for me this is the beauty of freelancing now because i don't have to get involved in any of that um i mean it's weird just not knowing i've been at this my current job for seven months now uh, I speak to them only for work things, you know. No one speaks to each other for anything recreational, and I, but I make it I make it a point of when I work to chat to people and really like just to ha- talk to them on a more personal level because that's what companies should be doing. You know, none of it's just calling you for the sake of calling you. You know, I'm interested in seeing what people are about, just chatting to them, and I'll just call people up, uh, and just uh, just to check in with them. And, but they just assume that I want to talk to them about a job. And I'm like, no, I'm just here to chat to you, see how it's going. Um, it's uh, because I think that's quite important. And I'm always following up on uh, for people who I haven't spoke to for a while. And uh, I think it's important that people do that because there's only so much you can do uh, to when you first join the company, like you've never spoken to anyone in the company, uh, like the person I'm working with uh, she's completely new to this job and the client and the kind of client work and so i you know it's it kind of i feel like uh it's a responsibility for me to uh because i'm working with these, this person for, for extensively throughout the week that to uh, make him feel welcome and uh just be sure to chat to him from a, a human to human and I, i'm I, I always make the point of saying uh to the sort of to to them and say look it's six o'clock put your laptop away you know well work's going to be here for you to pick up uh, tomorrow um and i'm just always making a point of like you know think about your mental health think about giving yourself some proper rest and recovery and i'll, I'll say to they'll they'll ask me if i need anything from them and i'll say look there are things i need but i'm going to speak to you monday about it because it's not important it can wait uh and i just you know, it's very easy to sweat the small stuff uh, when you're working remotely. I, I guarantee a lot of people, certainly in the in- uh, digital agency world, have probably worked more hours uh, remotely than they would have done in the office. I guarantee it. And you're probably working for less than minimum wage if you figure out the calculation on that. You know, my laptops, I, I, I open it at half nine, I close it at six. 
NASA, you're done. I'm not speaking to you until then, you know, because uh, what? Well, if you can't do anything. You're not gonna. You, I'm I'm bound, but you know, I've agreed to the the contract terms. Like I work those hours, and that's about it. But you know, at the same time, I understand what it means to go the extra mile because I used to do it a lot. But um, it's just about um, having. A, I'm, I, I guess I'm just a chill person to work with. There were there were times when I was just very stressed and a bit of an ang- angry bastard, and uh, I've since just. I've just grown out of it, and I've just become. I'm just more comfortable with who I am and my and my style of uh, managing people, um, because like there's people, there's people I work with in the past where, you know, I'll book them in for some work. Doesn't mean that I, I doesn't mean they're going to do the work, and I just say, look, if you're not got if uh, you've done your work, you know, do whatever you need to do. Watch a bit of Cash in the Attic if you have to, you know, put uh, stick the PlayStation. I mean, why not? You've got the job done, so. You know, do do as uh, do as you please, um, and I've noticed um, this strange virtue signaling situation, especially on LinkedIn. I saw, in fact, what there's one post that stuck out to me it was last year, um, and it actually the trend seems to be coming from the the Fang. Have you heard about the Fang? Fang is just an acronym um, for Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google. That's what. The term means. Um, uh, this is, there was this engineer at one of those crew. I'm not going to name it because um, I've got an interview with him on Monday. But basically, um, this engineer in San Francisco is like, "Look, I have had it up to here with this company, and I will not stand for it anymore. No, sir. I will. I am so done with this company. I've hunt, hang, uh, handed in my resignation." Because I don't believe in the path this company has chosen. I don't believe the way they're treating the users. I think it's sickening, absolutely sickening. You know, they have such a big responsibility, and they're not uh, living up to that responsibility. So, I just wanted to share with you today that I've handed in my resignation to make a point that I don't stand for the, this company's uh, uh, behaviour anymore. And I, I looked at the comments, and I just was amazed at all these people just clapping this guy. It's like, oh, yeah, well done, good job. Thanks for standing up for uh, the people and all that kind of thing. And, oh, you do you. This is amazing. And I just looked at that, and I just thought, all right, well, someone else is going to take the job. Um, so I don't know what your point was, you know. I understand, you know, it takes one person to, to make a movement, but in this guy's case, he'd been there for this company for two years, and this company's been around for a lot longer than that, and been up to their, been up to a lot of controversy in the past anyway. You know, they, they've completely fucked up in many ways, and I know they have. Um, but to... You know, to be someone, to be able to to post your disfact, to post that you've handed your resignation for some, uh, all of a sudden, um, the uh, values that you stand for, it's just so ridiculous, and it doesn't serve any purpose other than just to give yourself a pat on the back. You know, there's loads of people out there who would just kill for your job. You know, this is the height of the pandemic in the, in the United States. You know, uh, when he posted it, there was, uh, what was it, 10 million people claiming uh, unemployment. 
and this guy who uh, if he if he you know he, he's a lead engineer so what he's on 160 grand uh, USD uh, he's just uh, he's he's in a privileged oh I hate this one he's in a privileged position to uh, exercise this kind of bullshit to people uh, to get to, to to this echo chamber and hive minded uh, audience um, and uh, I just don't get that and I just and the other th- I don't understand why these people leaving the jobs is become news like what point does someone leaving a job become a news article it's like okay well good luck to you and then someone else fills the spot it's just the way the world is there's a reality to what we do you know uh, these big companies aren't going away going away anytime soon they're outlivers both um, and we you have to accept it's a cog in the machine situation but just uh, it's, it's like well what point did you want to prove at this uh, when you said that just what is what's the end goal for you because now com- there's there's two ways of looking at it there's going to be companies that are looking at and say well I'm not sure I want him in the company if he's done going to pull this kind of shit and make try to make us look bad. So I think we're just gonna, you know, sweet uh, swerve this fella and find someone else who's just gonna get on with the job. And I, you know, I know I know what it sounds like when I'm talking about this, but that is the reality. It's just just don't you know. There are a lot of companies that I, I wouldn't work for um, because of I do have a value, but you know, I don't have to. I don't express it. I don't say, "Oh well," you don't write about. Oh well, you know, this is my feelings, and this company isn't adhering to my feelings or anything like that. Just get on with it. If I don't like it, then I'll find something else. But you don't have to. Why do people broadcast that kind of thing? It just, I just don't. It, it just blows my mind that these kind of things are the norm now. Um, yeah, it's just. I just find it. I just find it very odd. You know, it's um, just get on with it. I know it's, I know it's bad. I know it's the, not the right message, and you should stand up for yourself. And you should stand up for yourself. But you know, you just fr- you just uh, shouting into an empty, you just shouting into a chamber that everyone agrees with you on. I mean, I, you know, I know these companies do bad things, but every company does bad things. You think, how do you think a corporation gets to be a corporation? It's not through. Uh, you know, it's it's not through happy happy going to a happy place every day. These people are doing some shady shit, and that's just the way the world works. It has to be, you know, no matter what. It's just is. It is what it is, you know. Um, and it take it's going to take uh, a long time to get past that. But you know, just ah, oh, it just does my nut in that kind of thing. There's people struggling in life, and you have such a proposition just to uh, shout. Oh well. I'm going to take a stand because I, I'm going to leave this company and uh, I want you all to applaud me. You know, am I missing a point? Am I missing a point here? I think perhaps I have, but um, you know, I'm from a family, like you know, where they're like, you get a job, you stick to it, you stop complaining, and that's fine. But you know, I'm a lot, I'm a lot more sensitive to people's feelings, and I see people as humans, and if people aren't happy, I'm, I just, I'm there to speak to them. But like, just. Just be just virtue signaling generally, man. I think there's a lot of it happening in this world. It's so easy, especially when we're all pretty much digital at the moment because of what's going on. It's very easy to do that. And uh, I saw um, you still, you know, you still see a lot of people take advantage of these 
people that were without a job. I actually got a, I had a, a, a guy reach out to me. Um, I knew it was a pyramid scheme from get go, but I was just curious. It was a, an energy company in the UK who, um, oh, they had Joanna Lumley as the ambassador. So straight away, that's alarm bells because that woman is garbage. She's a garbage person. You know, she's a, she's a crook in my opinion because of uh, she stole, she helped steal forty million pounds of taxpayers' money because she she was um, uh, she led this whole uh, garden bridge fiasco. I think I might have talked about it a while ago, but she she was the face of it, and she even got uh, even a Guardian covered uh, did a spotlight piece on her ambassadorship of this company, and basically this company just becoming essentially a pyramid scheme. Um, and I just had the interview with this guy and he, what was he saying? He was saying basically stuff like, um, you know, my, he, he said he didn't have a job. Uh, he didn't need to have a job because of his passive income. He was calling it passive income. He said, it's not for anyone who wants a proper job, but it's for someone who wants passive income. I was like, right, okay. And he said, my wife doesn't even need to work uh, a lot of hours. She's a nurse uh, and she works uh, about eight hours a week. And in my mind, I was like, well, what's she doing? How many lives do you save in eight hours, you know, across a week? Like, is she just doing admin? Like, a bit of paperwork? Because, yeah, you're not going to really have much of an impact being, a, I imagine, being a nurse for eight hours a week. What are you going to do? It takes you about two hours to get into the hospital, I reckon. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think it's, there's a lot of people taking, uh, using this opportunity um, just to, like, I don't know what it is, but it, whatever it is, it's not great. It's, it's it's just the vultures in some sort in some way like preying on the weak I, I suppose and uh, you know it's um, I don't know it's just weird isn't it it's just weird but um, yeah the, the job market is strange the job market is strange at the moment and um, yeah coming to the end coming into March tomorrow and last month with the current contract so yeah it's starting to look at um other opportunities uh, out there, and uh, we, we shall see. There's a couple of things lined up for, to, uh, for next week, and let's see how those how that goes. Um, I don't know how I transitioned from that to those sandwiches, but there we go. Uh, actually, in a few months, it's the London uh, mayoral candidates, uh, the elections in May. I think it's the once, yeah, it's around mid May, I think, the London elections. And uh, we've been, I'm part, of this, I'm part of the London subreddit and we were thinking about doing like a, a Q&A thing uh, for the community, but it's just not as straightforward as that because we wanted to get the London candidates to do like an AMA. But there's a lot of lunatics, absolute berserkers in this, uh, in the next one. I won't go into it, but there's a guy, there's a guy on there who... Um, ran a podcast he's running from there and he's got he's got he's got a strange platform I, I don't know too much uh about his views but i know they're not positive views i mean it was he, he's an anti-masker i know that much because uh, he, he started doing posters he started posting pictures of himself uh he's got this thing by the way that he has to like unbutton all his shirt to show his chest and he, he wears very he wears a lot of power stripes you know and uh, he there's a picture of him on the tube, um, and he's saying, 
everybody's wearing a mask. But I am, uh, this is who I am. I don't wear a mask. I'm stronger than that. I am, you know, I, I am, I am the picture of strength. You know, this is who I am. You know, we will, we will beat this with our uh, resilience uh, to not wear a mask and to just live our lives. That is how we get through this. Uh, and he's a he's a London mayor candidate. Um, and w- I was toying with the idea of maybe trying getting getting him involved, but he's just he's just so extreme uh, in one way. Um, you you'll see, people who live in London will see his ads. Um, it's not gr- he, he he comes across as a bit of a scam artist. I think he's I think his uh, his podcast thing. I think it I think it's no longer working or. Uh, his academy no longer exists because of uh, a lot of controversy. Um, and then there's someone else who I did reach out to, another mayor candidate. Um, but I couldn't actually figure out what her name was because um, I couldn't, I think she was using her surname. And then I think her her, her surname is Lund- London. And... Um, I, I, I looked up their website and uh, she was saying like, you know, this is who she is. And she's like a business person of 20 years, which, you know, business people do, don't make great uh, leaders, as we know. Uh, certainly in America knows that by now. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, what, uh, what they, were, they were saying, basically, you're going to bring no, uh, normality back to London um, by opening up the businesses and stuff. Basically, it just sounded like, uh, she was just talking about once COVID uh, is kind of like is is more manageable and cases go down, that she'll help get London back on track. Uh, she didn't explain how, um, and uh, in her, I like I wonder, I do wonder if her position was quite. It was it was pretty much along the lines of like the conservative leadership's uh, view, um, and. Uh, her, their campaigns are really strange. Uh, one campaign uh, slogan is, "If you live it, live or work in London, you are a Londoner." I mean, all right. Well, we already knew that. So what else? What else have you got? Do you know what I mean? And then they're offering free private medical insurance and counselling for police and firefighters. Uh, I actually already thought that was provided um, through the Met, the Met Police, anyway. Um, and that's kind of what we got the NHS for, and I don't. And they're claiming like there's a waiting list, uh, but there isn't, I don't think. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just they're saying don't vote for politics, vote for the people, but they haven't explained what that is. You know what what that means. Um, it just sounds stuff like you've heard before. Um, it's just weird. It's it's just. Is it how easy is it to apply to be the mayor of London? It must be an absolute breeze because there's some there's some proper not rights getting through defence at this point. Um, but not to say that uh, Sadiq Khan has done a great job. But you know, I'm deducting uh, the last year or so. You know, it's out, a lot of it's out of his control. Uh, the, but I don't like the the way the media's portrayed him as like some sort of villain who's responsible for. Uh, the collapse of the TFL, the well, the nearing collapse of the TFL in terms of the funding and stuff. It's just not, it's just, uh, it's, it's just been completely, um, 
what's the word, uh, blown out of context as to what's been happening. Um, but, you know, the media have always been out to get this guy. And the Conservative candidate, Sean Bailey, um, I don't even know what his policies are. I, mean, I think they're pretty much, uh, they kind of echo uh, the old Boris Johnson policies, I think, um, when he was mayor of London. But I just think uh, none of these candidates really have a big, in- will have a, a positive impact on the city in its current state. I think um, it's going to take a lot of time. Like I don't even, what I'd love to know is what's happening to the nightlife economy. What's going on with that? When is that gonna? When is that gonna open? Because that's that's huge. Everyone wants to just go out and blow some steam, but are we allowed to at this point? You know, when the, the roadmap hasn't been very clear as to when that can really happen. Is it the June twenty first? I haven't a clue. Um, but yeah, we we're thinking about getting him to do Q and A, but apparently it's just going to be a bit. There's going to be a lot of trolls getting involved, so it's just we're not sure yet i mean i'd love to i would love to do it but it's just um it's just getting a time for people uh to be able to moderate what's going on because the people who moderate currently are very very busy um but yeah i'm uh i've not even figured out who i'm gonna uh vote for at the moment um, but do i even I, I wonder if there's even a point to vote at this point I've, I've become very, uh, as you can imagine, I think a lot of people are like disillusioned to see if your vote actually has an impact. Everyone says it does, but uh, I have the freedom not to vote. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a strange one, isn't it? This whole thing. I've started um, Weight Watchers. I don't know why I've been talked into this, because the app is absolute dog shit. Like, I can't even put in scrambled egg. You have to Google, you have to put in the word, you have to put in one egg and then times it by three. But there's no, like, when you put in, like, a recipe, the recipes and food, scrambled egg doesn't come up. Boiled egg comes up. Yeah, sure. But I don't, I don't have boiled eggs. I have, I like scrambled eggs. So I've just had to, so my breakfast is just, it's just three eggs. That's all I can put. You know, this, this app that I have to do to log my, my, my uh, what I eat on a daily basis is, um, it's piss poor, I must say. Um, they don't have pink, I, I like the pink lady apples. Uh, can't find that, so I have to just put an apple medium. Um, they can't find uh, what a normal coffee is either. So I just put it down as uh, Greg's white coffee regular, because that's the closest thing I can find on it. And if you wanted to add something, you have to put in all the ingredients, the the, uh, the measurements of, uh, you know, of uh, that what's in that food or what's in that ingredient, what kind, how much energy it gives, how much cal- how many calories is up. I just start. I, it's a lot of faffing about. It is a lot of faffing about. Um, but saying that, I made um, banana pancakes today, pretty decent. Um, the Allison Hammond pancakes, the banana pancakes. Um, I didn't make enough. I made I made Gen two pancakes. I had one pancake and then I just made some bacon to go on top. Yeah, I mean it was it was fairly def- decent, but I just don't understand this app. It, I just can't. Like you got these uh, you got these points that you you get like uh, you know if you like wanted something quite nice but you know it's not healthy. So they, it's called um, smart points, I think it is. And uh, I can't even put. I, I have to be 
I can't even put in like an oat cake. An oat cake nearly takes up nearly six points. Yeah, what can I eat? Apparently, I can have. I can just have like chicken and veg and water and stuff like. It's just, it's just not great. But I'm, I'm determined to see it through. I think it's just made me a bit of an angry guy this week. Hence why I'm just all over the shop talking, just talking, and um, not much sense either. And uh, yeah, it's like. It has taught me about food discipline. I've been so bad with my portion sizes. 30, a 30 gram portion size for cereal is literally a handful of cereal in my hand. It's, that's all it is. And I just think that is, that's just fucking well snide. Who, how are you going to live off that? Do you know, you need to double that at least. And then you've got you've to think about how much milk you put in. So I've been measuring jug, putting in a couple, uh, 100 mil of milk or something like or, 250 mil max on my cereal and stuff. Um, oh, it's just hard work, isn't it? I don't even know why I've done this. Uh, Jen told me it'd be, um, it's quite a good app, but it's shite. And I shouldn't listen to her because she's not very good at technology. And she knows this. And so I should have gone with like, we did, yeah, she did Slimming World and I thought Slimming World was pretty decent. I should have done that really. But that's, 15 quid I'm not going to see again. It's for three months, this as well. So uh, the whole reason I'm doing it is just to get, like I said, get into shape for when it comes to the summer and I can uh, go to a pub again. I want to look all right when going to the pub. I was thinking of um, starting to dress a bit better once we once things have started to ease up, like, you know. Um, and I was thinking of getting a nice suit ready for... Uh, ready for when I'm going out. I just want to dress up nice because I'm not, obviously we don't go out. A lot of, I think people have touched on it, haven't they? Like it's a, like a, almost like the roaring twenties sort of thing. And I'd love to do that. I think that'd be class. Absolutely class. Um, so I've been saving up. I've been doing a lot of saving, um, which has been going really, really well. Uh, we're looking to buy a house this year, but I'm absolutely dreading that. I don't, I don't know if I, I have the the energy for it because it, everyone I speak to who's buying a house, there's, it just sounds absolutely, uh, it just sounds like an absolute ball ache. Just all the hoops you have to jump through to get this to do the application, uh, putting in the offer, getting the surveyors, getting the solicitors to, to figure it all out, and you know, I struggle. And I and I, and on top of this, I'm expected to do Weight Watchers to log the how many eggs I eat for breakfast. You know, something something needs to give it, um, but I'm sure I can manage it. So I'm sure I can manage it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm just going to end this now because I just realised I'm just talking into uh, into the ether, ether, into the ether. I reckon. Um, anyway, I hope you have a great day, and. Enjoy the rest of your weekend or whatever you're going to do. Have a, hope you have a great week. Uh, take it easy. Put yourself first. Work will be there tomorrow. Uh, don't sweat the small stuff. It never ends well. And just take it one day at a time. You know, there's no rush. It's not like we can do anything at the moment. So just make make time for you. Uh, don't overthink it. And, uh, yeah, uh, have a good time. And, uh I look forward to seeing you all once again in this in the future. Have a good one.